Hello and welcome to another episode of Wednesdays with WV. This is the fifth episode, in fact. The guest on this episode is one who was brought up in the mecca of Indian cricket, which is Mumbai, but he went on to make the mecca of cricket, which is Lords, his own domain. He's had great success there and he's also been one who was never afraid to air his views, even at the risk of upsetting people. And it's my pleasure to welcome Dilip Bengsaka. Dilip, Arti, welcome to you. Thank you, Urukeri. I'm very happy and privileged to be on your show, WB. Thank you. And two of the boys that you picked as a selector, Rohit Sharma and Virat Kohli, they're uh, the leading batters today. Their progress must uh, please you immensely, won't it? Well, I didn't pick only two. and I must have uh, picked 25. Um, <laughs> and I think they're all playing for India at the moment. I think some of them had a little bit. Uh, some of them are playing for the uh, last 10-15 years. So I'm very happy that um, everybody has shown progress uh, and they're doing extremely well. Uh, but talking about these two players, uh, I think uh, they have excelled immensely. Uh, they've been outstanding cricketers uh, and for the last 10-12 years. I think they are the best in the world. Yeah, you did a great job. We'll get back to that later on in uh, this chat. But let's get back to you now. You made your debut when you were young. And what is it, the pre-helmet days, playing the quickest of fast bowlers in international cricket? Well, those days, of course, there was no helmet because uh, um, I think hel helmet, helmet was uh, not in vogue those days. Uh, but having said that, if you don't have helmet, you, you don't think about helmet. And when you don't have money in the game, I think you don't think about the money in the game. As simple as that. Uh, so you just play there. Um, and um, of course, against West Indies, um, uh, way back in 1976, uh, we had two five pass bowlers playing at one time and five, six bowlers just sitting outside. I mean, they're quality fast bowlers. Some of the greats of the game. Uh, Australia had some great fast bowlers. England too. And of course, Pakistan too. I mean, you know, uh, so, eighties, early 80s, I think, was, um, I think, great for world cricket because a lot lot of quality players uh, played in that era. Yeah, you did not have the uh, opportunity of playing against quicker bowlers in the nets. You hardly had uh, somebody who could be called as quick in India those days. The adjustment must have been something of an Herculean tax, isn't it, from domestic to international cricket? See, the thing is that uh, it takes at least a test match um, to start with. Uh, because if you see, the Indians did always badly in the first test match. Because they, uh, they failed to acclimatize with the conditions or the wickets or the fast going, whatever for that matter. Uh, but having said that, uh, after the first test match, we could get uh, adjusted to the wickets, to the bounce. And then we did very well uh, the remaining matches. Yeah, now psychologically, Dilip, you are one who played without helmet and then the helmet came into the game, that extra protection. What difference did it make psychologically? See, the thing is, skill-wise, it doesn't make any difference. The thing is, that uh, it, 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 you, you feel that there is you know, some, some sort of uh, uh, safety. Uh, but having said that, the, uh, and if you're wearing a helmet, uh, and if you're facing a bouncer, I, I think your fraction of a second is slow, I would say. Because if you're wearing a helmet, then automatically <laughs> your hand goes there, like, you know. Uh, but then the helmet is not the same thing. Uh, because actually, I got hit at least twice or thrice on the head, I think, when I was wearing helmet. But when I was not wearing helmet, I didn't get a hit at all. 
Yeah, you mentioned about the greatest fast bowlers of the West Indies. Now, I'll take you back to that 75-76 Kingston uh, Sabena Park test match. It was touted as a bloodbath. Just talk us through that test match. Uh, see, we had won the third test match. Um, and of course, we could have won all three. I think uh, second and third as well. Uh, so, we won the third test match and we could have won the second test match as well. But uh, for the uh, umpiring mistakes, uh, I would say, uh, we could not win it. Uh, and um, then we won the third test match and we chased like 400 runs. Um, and uh, then the fourth test match, that's what we played. And we were at once, we were 80 for one uh, or 80, 80 for, no, I said 184 no loss. And uh, then Lloyd, Lloyd, Lloyd started bowling uh, uh, the only, only fast bowlers. I mean, he dropped in us. And uh, uh, then the rest, as I said, uh, that they got injured. Some of them got injured. Uh, and the wicket was uh, absolutely bouncy and quick. And it had a rip also. Uh, so the ball was to land there and it's just take off. Um, you know, and one bounce into the I mean, fence. I would say. And holding was his best at that time. He was very young. And Andy Roberts was there. Uh, uh, he was also um, absolutely great bowler. Uh, so then uh, I think in all out something like I don't remember exactly. Uh, second innings, uh, we, we, see, we had two or three players short because uh, they were injured. Uh, and I opened the innings with Sunil. Um, and um, then we declared a 95 for 5 uh, because Spinners did not bat uh, because of the mission we declared the innings. He said it was unfair you know, to play in this uh, kind of cricket. That's what he meant. Uh, because they were voting six bounces per over uh, around the cricket. And uh, I couldn't say anything to them. So that was, uh, I mean, just to enjoy the players, which was very unfortunate indeed. Compare the fast bowlers in 75-76 that you played with the ones that played in 82-83 for the West Indies. Sorry, say it again. The fast bowlers of 75-76, how would you compare them with uh, the ones that you played against uh, of the West Indies in 82-83? 82-83, they were the same bowlers. Uh, I think Andy was around, I think Michael holding at peak that time. Um, and they had added many fast bowlers by then. Um, and though they played Daniel, Patrick um, Patterson was there. And there are some other good fast bowlers uh, who were picked by the time. Uh, yeah, it must have been uh, Colin Croft and uh, Joel, Joel Garner. Garner. Garner was there as well, yes. They all played in, uh, in, in 1983, yes. Instead of Bernard Julian and Van Ben Holder, these two yeah, came yeah. into the lineup. Hmm. And that yeah. made it really, you know, even better. Yeah. Um, of course, um, they always had quality fast bowlers all the time, whether it was the 70s or 80s or whatever. Um, now, let's talk about that 77-78 Australia tour. That was a great series, wasn't it? Nil two down, two all, and then chasing a humongous target of 495. India managed to get 445. That must have been a great chase. Yeah, that was a great chase. Yes, um, I remember. Uh, I think it was marked by Kerry Packer era. Uh, he started his cricket there at that time, um, and then. But but I really admire the Australian people. Australian people came in huge numbers to watch Test match cricket. Um, you know, and very few people went to Kerry Packer's uh, uh, those night games. 
and and of course packer had sent of the greatest players uh, of that era really i mean they the big really big names and uh, australia was not at its best because um, ian chapel great chapel thompson and all those were not, they were not there but uh, then i think you know led by bob simpson um, team use was there uh, um, jay thompson was there um, you know graham yellow was there so they all did extremely well um, and and of course spinners only uh, those days our uh, opening bowlers were rasulullah um, and mohinder ramana um, you know and kasan gauri sometimes so the thing is that india played really well uh, the spinners bowled really well um, you know and we drew the series and that was the last test match at adelaide i remember very vivid those days um, and we were rest day um, you know and on you know, rest day i think we were they really doing extremely well in the test match uh, but we lost our way on the fourth day itself uh, and um, and they piled up a huge huge total uh, shouldn't have been to be honest with you uh, i think one or one or two spinners were injured um, and the load came on, came on to other bowlers um, and they piled the score and then we had to chase something for over four runs and then we just fell narrowly yeah chasing 495 and uh, sort of falling short by 47 was a great achievement what was it playing thompson without a helmet well as i said i think when there was no helmet you don't think about helmet i mean you have to go out there and face him i think he was the fastest bowler at least uh, because at the sound of deliveries very extremely fast extremely fast. um and he was strong quick very fit um and those hard and um, hard and bouncy wickets uh, actually when i toured west indies uh, and australia um in 76 and 77 i think those wickets were extremely fast but uh, but other but on other tours later on um, another tours they had got very slow in the, uh, uh, and now the i all the wickets have become very slow but what i have I've seen in brisbane uh, and all those wickets were extremely fast Let's get across to Lords. What was it that brought you the best, best out of you? See, there are some grounds where you get good vibes, that the positive vibes, you know. Uh, you know, and for me, Lords was one of them, definitely. Um, and um, and the atmosphere there, of course, this uh, is the history and tradition that the Lords is huge um, because uh, you always hear commentary between England, Australia, uh, England, India in the old days, um, and the Lords. Uh, the headquarters of cricket, as they said, is a mix cricket, and uh, everybody wants to play at Lords. I think you always uh, dream to play at Lords. Um, so I was no exception, and uh, I was guest for three hundred there. Uh, of course, when school I was there, um, atmosphere absolutely electrifying, and um, I enjoyed it every day. Nineteen eighty World Cup final. Victory there was the greatest day in Indian cricket. But on a personal level, were you a little bit disappointed that you didn't play the final and that two at Lords? Uh, yes, of course, uh, because um, I think mean, it was a huge occasion. Uh, I, I think World Cup final in that in the finals and it was West Indies and and that two at Lords was a really big thing. Uh, but I was injured; I had not played cricket uh, for almost two weeks. Um, And though I was fit for the final, 
other other players have done extremely well. Um, you know, a winning combination always stays. That's what I always feel. So they played the same team which had won semi-final against England, uh, and everybody was in good form. Um, so of course there was no pressure of me getting into the squad uh, at the finals. Your purple patch. 1986 to 88, you are batting like a dream. It started off with the England tour. Did you do anything different during those two years? Not really. Uh, but the thing is that uh, I'm a mature batsman, um, uh, and uh, then I was more hungry. Then, of course, uh, to score runs, um, you know, to win matches for India, and that, that's the only thing. You know, and batsman speed comes only when he is at the uh, around 26, 27. And that lasts for five, six years. And if you're fit enough, you can go on playing. If you're not fit enough, then you can quit around 35, 36. That's what I did. And then came the unfortunate injury in the home series in 1988 against West Indies. Yes, yes. And that was, uh, uh, yeah, that was Eden Gardens. Um, I, it was a. Uh, uh, Yeah, Vincent Church. I don't know what's his name. Vincent Benjamin. Vincent, not Benjamin. Uh, Vincent Davis. Okay. Yeah, I think he really, he really bowled one. He really bent his arm. Uh, <laughs> that, <laughs> that came faster than Michael Holding or Marshall, Malcolm Marshall, <laughs> and uh, it fractured my, um, you know, hand, uh, and I couldn't play later on, and I missed out at least for next four months. Yeah, that was uh, wrong timing in a way. And uh, am I right in saying that uh, the Dilip uh, Vengsaka was majestic until then? Was not the same after that injury? If you say in hindsight, uh, of course I was doing well in the sense, you know. But uh, in, uh, on the tour of Australia, I was uh, dropped. I think uh, from one day matches, and that was a thing, like you know, because that time I was the highest score for India. Uh, and I couldn't find a place, and I understood that India was winning, but India was losing each and every match on the tour of Australia. So, uh, so I was. Um, so our coach Abbas Ali Beg was there, um, and he asked me um, uh, what we should do. I said, "You are asking an interested person." <laughs> I mean, I can understand that you are winning all the matches, and, um, and you kept me on the sideline. And the scorer in ODI still then. Uh, so then I I thought that it's not worth just continuing, um, you know, because because I always believe that you should play in all formats of the game. It's not only Test match cricket, because ODI um, India also was playing a lot of ODI matches then. Um, and if you're playing all the matches, then you're then you're always in the group. Your tenure as captain, what do you attribute it to? Wrong time, tough series like West Indies back to back. What was it? Obviously, uh, because actually, I captain uh, almost ten test matches out of ten test matches, seven were against West Indies. Um, and West Indies at that time was the best best team in the world, and they had beaten England and Australia five nil uh, um, in their home um, at home. Uh, You know, and they're invincible. I would say for the for those 15, 16 years, dominated world cricket, whether it's Test match cricket or ODI matches, they won everything in sight. 
and then uh, then i led the side uh, and uh, of course uh, in um, 88 89 we had a lot of youngsters in the team they had no experience uh, but of course they played later on very well for, for india um, but uh, investing was too good for us yeah wrong time perhaps maybe extended run could have been different uh, as a batter one thing was noticeable all through your career the first 10 15 runs you're a sort of a nervous starter then you are majestic was there any specific reason for it or it just happened <laughs> it just happened i guess because i took i took some time to settle down but once i settled down it was okay but the first first few minutes were in a bit nervous as an individual as an individual you are always one who had to say what he felt you could hold back now in hindsight or maybe if you reflect on that do you think you should have been a bit more diplomatic or you are happy with how you were well see actually i i cannot be diplomatic my um, you know my nature is such i mean um, i have to speak the truth um, and um, I, i always felt that if you speak the truth is always good but then you know the person's mind but if you just go on with the flow and say no no you are right or you are wrong whatever uh, the this thing it's not me uh, i think i have my own opinion uh, i think maybe wrong or right whatever uh, it's up to you take it but i feel i must i must speak my mind there being saka of course the batter everybody knows your contributions are well recorded now personally i always felt that your contribution as the chairman of, uh, of the trdo committee that was set up which was a talent research development uh, wing those days i thought that contribution was phenomenal how could you see so much of cricket after having played so many years <laughs> see i love watching cricket to be honest with you i am talking about under 14 16 19 um, because i started my cricket academy uh, in 1995 Uh, and i saw a lot of good youngsters um, you know they played at from mumbai and they played their a teams uh, i think they played for india or whatever uh, but then i think hasha to dalmia uh, because he was the one who started this wing you know and um, uh, had a great team under me and we got a lot of under 14 matches 16 and 19 matches that helped me when i became chairman of selection committee because i had watched all those boys um, in that era so it was easier for me to pick them because i knew uh, about the skill level and the mental toughness um you know um, i don't match winning abilities you know all, all kinds of things you know it was easier for me the selector's job was not a walk in the park was it <laughs> no i loved it i enjoyed it i loved it i loved it because um when i retired um, um i became selector of mumbai next year uh you know and dalmia asked me you know take over uh, in the selection committee as well but uh, this something in my mind you know that you pick the best best selectors from india i mean don't don't go by zonal thing but that means that it's not possible are in a huge country like india then i said i'm interested then again after two years again he asked me then you change your mind and you become selector I said you change this um, uh, thing you know um, what um, zonal system and i'll be there but later on i found you know that if you are right kind of people whether they are from east zone or south zone or west zone whatever and in the same way it definitely helps you know and that is what happened when i became chief of selection committee i agreed later on to become 
you made a lot of tough calls as a selector must have upset quite a few people i don't know about that uh, but uh, but as far as i am concerned uh, i was very happy that i could take tough calls you know when when we took over in 2006 india was fifth in icc ranking you know and in two years time i think we were number one in all formats of the game and that includes that we won the first t20 world cup in south africa as well you saw virat get a 100 in a a series in australia you felt he was ready what is it that selectors need to see when they pick a youngster this is basically vision of a selector um, uh, it is not that he scored a 100 but what but what i admire about him that he was asked to open the innings he said okay i'll open the innings you know and we were chasing something like 270 runs in new zealand and new zealand had international fast bowlers you know good attack and we had uh, picked emerging players team they were all under 23 and we wanted them to uh, the fringe players and who would play for india later you know and virat played so brilliantly and after scoring 100 he made sure india won the match because uh, he scored 123 not out in uh, in that innings so i knew that this guy is matured and i've been watching him since under 16 days i watched under 16 under 19 and then for india so i knew that this guy is ready um, and he should be picked because then we were going to sri lanka to play one day series so i said the ideal uh, opportunity to pick this youngster in and groom him well done jalet hats off to you you said you enjoyed the role of a selector did you feel the same as an administrator or you felt it was not your cup of tea no i love administration as well uh, because i was the one i been mean, um uh, looking after uh, um right uh, from under under 12 under 14 16 19th um first class cricket and i enjoyed that role as well um i was the one who uh, i did headed in uh, mcs committee i think the power was not available uh and i enjoyed immensely i was there for 10 years um i wouldn't have been there and this was an honorary job uh, i wouldn't have been there if i had enjoyed it you have played through three decades during your career in the 70s 80s 90s after that you've been involved in various roles now what are the big changes that you've seen in cricket in terms of the game of course there is a huge uh, uh the early 90s money has come into the game Of the game uh, and uh, the T20 format, the, the emergence of T20 format uh, is is a thing like you know, uh, which is which is so popular all over the world. Because if you see, there are something like hundred uh, associate teams which are associated to ICC, uh, and they are playing this format, T20 format, which is very popular. What uh, is of course, I think the players mindset has changed. immensely um, um you know they want to play in the ipl because there is so much money in the game uh, but having said that now you can make career out of it um you know if you are doing well um, in cricket as you can make a huge amount of money but you have to play at the ipl or for india you know odi and you know test matches i so i always tell the boys that if you are good enough to play test match cricket then you can play in any format of the game But if you are good only T20, then you may be good at Test match cricket because that is the ultimate form of cricket. You would have enjoyed playing the T20 format. I would have loved it. I would have loved it. I would have opened the innings. I would have given it to others. <laughs> <laughs> I would have batted all 20 overs. 
<laughs> of course, because of your ability to attack was why perhaps I understand you are given the nickname of Colonel. Do you like that name? To be honest with you, nobody calls me Colonel except the press. You know? <laughs> nobody calls me. Have you heard anybody calling me Colonel? I know I have not heard because I was under the impression they realized you didn't like it. But anyway, we'll leave it at that. We'll go it to the next one. <laughs> it doesn't make any difference to me. But actually, when I, you know, when I'm in the real colonel at the airport or maybe at the railway station, they asked me, which year you were then in the army? I said, I'm not army colonel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A lot of changes have come into this game. A change is a way of life. Are you happy with the quite a few changes that have happened in Mumbai cricket? But the game has to evolve, you know. Uh, the thing is, see, the game is very popular. You know, when cricket was getting boring, they had ODIs, um, you know, and you could get people at ODI matches. And now ODI was getting too monotonous. Now you have what is T20 format, which is, which is amazing for that matter. And which is... Uh, and as important as any other format. So the game has to evolve all the time, you know. And uh, of course, uh, the thing is that Mumbai cricket, as you, as you asked me, uh, it is good. Uh, but it is not as good as it used to be before. Uh, simply because now there is international cricket. Yeah. In, see, in the olden days, all the international players could be available at, yeah, for club matches, for office matches. You know, so that other... Other young players could learn from them, you know, and they could improve faster. Uh, but nowadays, I think there's so much international cricket. So, this cricketer or international cricketer, they don't have time to play club cricket or office cricket. And that is why Mumbai cricket is not as strong as it used to be. The World Cup team has been announced. Are you happy with the side or would I be in different if you were the chairman? See, there is, uh, I think, no out-of-box thinking, I would say. I would have Umran Malik if he's fit enough to play. Uh, because he's a guy you have who's bowling 150 kilometers per hour. And you've got to pick him now. And you can't pick him when he becomes 130. Uh, the thing is that, see, if you see, if you could see in IPL, the way he bowled, he was out, absolutely outstanding. You know, and fast bowler, you have to give opportunity at the right time when that is best. But I believe, I think nursing an injury, that's what I was told. Uh, but I would have picked him straight away in the Indian team because you have to take chances. If you are uh, playing in Dubai, uh, you know the wickets are flat and grassless. There's, there's no bounce in the wicket. So you need fast bowlers. You, you can't, you can't have medium places who could be tongued around. But fast bowlers who could beat you in the air. And I, I think Umran Malik should have been there. And of course, Shreya Sayyar is in good form and he missed out. Um, you know, the Shami, uh, I, I think should have been there. That's what I feel. Um, I, you know, I'm impressed. I think with Gil, Shumman Gil, he also good. I mean, they are, of course, they're future players for India. I think they would be playing very soon. Uh, but these are the, you have to think out of box as well sometimes. You just can't, um, you know, get go with the flow all the time. And uh, how do you see the future of uh, Indian cricket? Oh, tremendous. I'm extremely positive over, about it. Because the thing is that, see, uh, BCCA is giving grants to all the associations. Um, 
and IPL, they're getting a lot of TV rights. Um, associations are building grounds and stadiums and that sort of thing. They're building infrastructure. Um, you know, and many players come from smaller cities now. In olden days, they used to go to big cities to get experience and exposure, but now they can stay in their own cities and still can play for India very soon. So now, if you see in first class cricket, there are some good teams that we, which are coming through and which is a good sign for Indian cricket because the game has spread everywhere, everywhere through uh, and corner of the country. So it's a good sign. Uh, and the game has become so popular now. Any regrets that Dilip Hengsakar has? <laughs> Not really, to be honest with you. But yes, if you feel bad sometimes uh, that at the, yeah, you could have done better uh, as a player, as an administrator. You're never happy about it, to be honest with you. You, you. you always try to do better things in life. You know? So that keeps you going. I mean, you can't say, oh, I've had enough at the best time, that sort of thing. I have to put my feet up and enjoy myself. Now, I got four cricket academies. Uh, you know, and thousands of kids are playing free of charge. They all are played for Maharashtra, they are played for Mumbai, they are played for India, A-team, they are played for India, they are played for IPL. So, a lot of, see, I can platform to the hundreds and thousands of kids. Um, and these academies are sponsored by CSR funding, I think, from all the companies. Uh, so, that helps me. So, I could pick the best guys uh, who, who are picked only on merit. Um, you know, and I'm extremely happy. So I I could provide them excellent platform. Carry on, Colonel. You're doing a great job. <laughs> and does Dilip Bengsaka have his eye on the top post in cricket? Sorry, say it again. Does Dilip Bengsaka have his eye on the top post in cricket, the BCC president's post? See, I would love to, but then there's too much politics involved in that. You know, I mean, it's yeah. I just never want merit. Uh, I think too much politics involved in that, and I I can't I can't go in a stoop to anybody for that matter to get a post. If I am offered, definitely I will. Um, I'm on. Um, and let me tell you one thing: I will do a much better job than many others. That's Dilip Bengsaka for you, folks. Thanks a lot, Dilip. Thanks for your time and also for readily agreeing to be on the show. Very gracious of you. I look forward to meeting you in person sometime soon.